Welcome to Engineering Fields of Dreams podcast. We're here to share stories and professional experiences of engineers across disciplines and let you explore the amazing world of engineering. Each episode, you'll hear inspiring stories and advice from engineers, allowing you to learn from their successes and experiences. Whether you're an engineering student, a veteran engineer, or just curious about engineering, we invite you to join us and explore the amazing and ever-changing world of engineering. Welcome to this episode, Navigating Shifts, with our guest, Omar. Thank you for being here today, Omar. Would you please introduce yourself? Good afternoon, Matt. My name is Omar Smith, and I am a senior civil engineer. I graduated from the University of Arizona with a bachelor's degree in civil engineering back in 2007. I have over 15 years of experience supporting the mining industry, and I am currently employed at WSP, where I lead a civil design team here in our Phoenix office. I am also involved with the Society for Mining, Metallurgy, and Exploration, SME, for 12 years now, I believe. At a local level, I've been involved with the SME Tucson section since 2011, serving in different roles, including the webmaster, vice chair, chair, and I'm currently the immediate past chair, as well as the scholarship chair. I am also involved in the SME Environmental Division Executive Committee, and I have served as the program planning chair, the program chair, and I am currently the secretary. And finally, uh, I'm also currently serving a three-year term in the SME Structure and Governance Committee. Wonderful. It's great to have you here today. Thank you for your time. Why did you choose this career? I didn't. I think life chose it for me right out of uh, necessity. So I always knew I wanted to do something with math, something like that. And back in high school, I took some technical courses and we did stuff like auto repair and welding. It was a drafting component and I really enjoyed it. So then that kind of piqued my interest there, started looking at any career that kind of had that in mind and civil engineering plans and all that stuff really caught my eye. So I went into civil engineering and went to the University of Arizona for that. And what I really wanted to do was structures, bridges, buildings, stuff like that. The things you, you think are cool when you're a little kid. But then I started veering into the water resources world once I was a junior and senior at the U of A since I had an internship there and that was my focus. So I I figured I was going to take some higher level courses in the subject that were going to pay the bills. So I went into more water resources stuff and graduated. But as you may know, back in 2008, the whole economy crashed. Yes. So I was out of a job a few months after graduation, right? And I had to, uh, look around the company. I, I was working for a local firm there in Tucson and, and we had a good sized company and, and overnight we closed. So I had, you know, all my peers looking to compete for the same jobs there in, in Tucson and everybody was wary already about hiring people and stuff like that. So at that time I was working just regular civil, more on the uh, transportation, drainage, stuff like that. Plus in 2008, Copper was at $4 a pound and uh, I needed to pay the bills. So I started getting uh, 
recruiters asking me if I wanted to go into mining. And I said, yes, I need to, I had a mortgage, I had a new truck yeah. and I needed a job. So I, I went into mining and figured I could apply civil engineering to the mining industry. And that was 15 years ago. And as copper is one of the five C's for Arizona is a big part of Arizona's history and still in modern day times as well. In the mining industry with that transition from civil, did you find it a smooth transition or were there challenges? No, it's been an actual pretty seamless transition. So my day-to-day is really applying civil engineering to the mining industry. So I don't really do mining. I don't do resource estimation. I don't do any of that. I don't mess with anything in the pit. For the most part, will be tall roads, uh, water diversion, structures, channels, lined impoundments, mass grading, just giant areas, 500, 600 acre footprints, grading, getting all the volumetrics on that to pay off, doing cost estimates, designing up dam structures and permitting. So it's really just civil engineering, but it's, I, I always, when I first came out of college, I was working on smaller road jobs with of culverts and stuff like that. And that, then you go into mining and the scale is so much larger and it, it really caught my interest. It's been pretty seamless. I wish I knew more about mining when I was in school. So I prepared myself for it. Life is life. Yes. And that actually transitions to the next question. What is one thing that you know now that you wish you knew before graduation? When I was in school, actually, I was telling you earlier, I I really enjoyed water resources and and structures and stuff like that. But then I never took any like geotech high level geotech courses. For me, that was once I took the the required courses, I said, I'm done. When am I going to do that ever in my career? I'm going to go design either like steel or concrete structures or, or manage water. And then I go into mining and Everything I do now is not everything, but a good portion of it revolves around earthen structures, geotech, all those properties. And I wish I would have learned some of that in school versus now learning it as I go here at the job. So I would have definitely taken some courses in geotech, maybe some geology. I'm always playing around with my peers here because we have some geologists and stuff here in the office. And I always tell them, those are, that's just dirty rocks, man. I just tell me. Tell me what I need to do here so I can move on with my civil design type of deal. So we're always just joke. Obviously, I know a little bit about it, but I wish I had a more solid background from all that. Can you recall a challenging professional situation and what did you learn from it? I guess. So I became a team leader when I was 28 or 29. So I was still pretty young. I was always very motivated and stuff like that. There's always challenges when you have to then take a more of a leadership role and you are much junior to some people that will be in your staff. When I first became a team lead, there was, I got the usual, I've been doing this longer than you've been born. Yes. Line. I got that both in the field and in the office. And I understand them. Everybody has different personalities. There's egos and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But I, I, for the most part, just... They didn't take it too personal. I understood that while I was in an awkward situation, they too maybe felt like they were in an awkward situation. So I just tried to not take it personal and really just work towards building a relationship with them where I could prove to them that 
hey, maybe me being a team lead wasn't the worst idea. So that was, I took it more as a challenge. And I think I did well with it. And then I, I learned a lot and I try to just not take it personal and understand we're all professionals and, and keep marching forward. Yeah, and I think what you, you talked about the importance of building relationships. And while a relationship might start off on maybe not the, the most stable foundation, if you work hard and make the investment in it, chances are better than chance that they'll come around and it will actually end up being a very strong working relationship. Yeah, for sure. And then going back to both this question and the previous one, that's to your point about relationships, we're engineers and we're not the best at communication and emotions and relationship building and stuff like that. We're more numbers, data. Mm -hmm. So I, the importance of that and just becoming a team leader and having to deal and navigate through different personalities and understanding how you can talk to one person versus how you can approach the other. And just it's, there's no one way of doing things that's going to work for a team of 10, 15 people. So you have to learn how to be, stop being a, a science robot and really get in touch with emotions and, and understanding people. So, Yeah, I think an important part of understanding people is, and you said it so well, that it isn't about you all the time. And, but sometimes instinctively we're like, oh, why are they mad at me? And it's maybe they're just going through some stuff that you don't know about. And so trying to understand them on a personal level and say, hey, how are you doing? And get kind of get a gauge on how they're doing outside of work and work can help give you some perspective. But yeah, that human instinct is, oh, they're really mad at me or mm -hmm. something I did wrong. And maybe it has nothing to do with you. Correct. Yeah, now with my almost 40 and two kids, it's, there's way more stressful things outside of the office that sometimes you can unfortunately bring into the office. Mm -hmm. And they might not be mad at you. They might just maybe didn't sleep because their kids were sick all night or something. Right. So it's just, you understand a little bit more of what maybe your mentors back in the day were going through and realize. Yeah. So I always approach it with the Ben's Bells approach of just be kind. Yes. Yeah. For the final question, what advice would you impart to someone just starting their career? There's a few things. I think one of them is, is networking, understanding the value of it. Uh, I'm very involved with SME and, and now I'm involved with the local session there in Tucson. And obviously I'm a, I'm a sucker for all things U of A. So I, I just love that section is so involved with the U of A and the SME student chapter. So I, and I've gone and talked to the student chapter that the U of A and I told them, you know, just show up to the events. You never know who's going to be sitting across the table there. You can be talking to my manager of one of the local mines there in the Tucson area. It's just so important to make that first, a good first impression. And it's just great show up. And it's like the best tool there and SMEs, the mining communities is very small. Everybody knows each other. So going there and impressing somebody that has a good standing in the industry goes a long ways, but recommendations and people looking out for you and stuff like that. So networking at any local professional society that relates to your industry is huge. I strongly agree. And I think a lot of times the undergrads think they're going to find a job through a job posting, but oftentimes it's actually from people meeting you at those networking events 
and thinking about you and saying, hey, we're going to have this job. And that's how people can find opportunities. I think that's a very good piece of advice. And what's your next piece of advice? The next piece goes back to that, what we were talking about, the mentoring and stuff like that, is finding somebody in the industry or at your job. If you have a team lead or somebody like that really cares about you and is looking for your best interest, that goes a long ways. Like just working with people that you like and people that if there is an opportunity that comes up through the organization that they're going to be like, so-and-so would be great. Like they, they will want you to succeed it and keep moving forward. And that if you find that, uh, please keep developing and building on that. Because I think that to me goes a long ways. And also another thing, when you first come out of school, you might think everything, I got a 4.0. I look for somebody that's willing to learn because it doesn't matter how much you learn in school. Like, we can probably teach you a lot of that in a month here at work. And then, you know, it, we're going to teach you what we want you to know or what we need you to know. So having the attitude of I'm willing to learn and not, I know it all is huge. If somebody's here in the office for 40, 50 hours or something like that, and you might be stressed, but if you have somebody that needs mentoring and they're willing to learn and you have a good relationship with them, I don't mind spending the extra hour or two here in the office too nurture that relationship for somebody that is wants to learn. I've told people before, starting as interns or something like that. Right now, I'm just trying to make sure that, that you, you can listen and follow basic directions. Like, let's start with the basic stuff. Like, I understand you know a lot more than that, but I'm trying to understand how you work, how you operate. Like, I don't need to get wowed right now by your technical skill set. I'm just trying to develop more of a human relationship because... Mm. Once you get into your career, you're 40 plus hours in an office and, and sadly your peers are who you see most on a week to week basis in a lot of your professional lives. So it goes a long way to have good relationships with people. And if I'm going to see you for 45 hours this week, let's make it a good one. Let's like each other and know how we work and stuff like that. So. For sure. That is all great advice. And thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Awesome, Matt. Thank you for inviting me. Appreciate it. And always bear down. Yes, bear down. We'd like to thank today's guests for sharing their professional experience and career advice. We appreciate their insight and taking the time to share them with our audience. To you, the listener, thank you for joining us on this journey and exploring the ever-evolving world of engineering. We hope we've inspired you to pursue your dreams and ambitions. Let us know if there are topics or fields you'd like to hear more about. Until next time, we wish you the best of luck on your engineering journey.